at home, my wife loves to cook. I don't. You know, I don't have to worry about that. I can concentrate on other stuff. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Miles, what's up? A, B, C. A, B, C, E, R, D. Good job, dude. Good job. Miles, yeah. So, Sunday evening and doing my podcast intro here, and Miles did a great job with ABCs. So, today's show, we have Hugh Bell talking about cross-cultural relationships and raising children. He's kind of a mentor to me, and he's given me a lot of tips. So, he shares a lot, and uh, we have a pretty good conversation. So enjoy. This is globalfromasia.com slash episode 146 if you want to check out the show notes and links. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have with us a friend of mine for a few years now, Hugh Bell. Thanks for coming on, Hugh. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I I remember uh, we first met in Chengdu at a startup weekend. Uh, it was actually a few years ago because it was exactly when my my first son was born. So time is just really flying, and uh, I appreciate your time today to come on the show. So you have quite a bit of business experience, and and are you know always kind enough to to mentor people at the startup events and other events in in Hong Kong and in China. So it was tough to think of a topic, but today we're going to be talking about children and living in Asia and doing business, kind of like the yin and the yang of child and parenting school and business in Asia is what we're titling it. So so uh, before we get started, do you mind introducing yourself briefly to our listeners today? Sure. Um, well, you know, my name Hugh Bell. Um, I've been living in Hong Kong since 2004, but I've been coming over to China for, since about 2002. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. And um, I came over to make a product called LaserPod and lived in Hong Kong, manufactured in China, and got married <coughs> to um, Ting, who's from Sichuan. And after about eight years of marriage, the business that I came to set up, I closed it down and we went to live in, in, in Chengdu, uh, where she's from. And that lasted about a year and a half. And three of our children, or we have three children, and they were all born in Hong Kong. And they came to China with us. So for, for everybody, it was a massive change. Going to China to work and going to China to live are two fundamentally different things. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I totally, uh, totally agree. I'm right on the edge. I mean, technically on the China side, but, but yeah, it's a, it is, it is totally different for sure. I mean, I mean, living in China as a local is, is very fluid, but trying to live in China as a foreigner, I, I found it very clunky. 
and I describe it as trying to ride a bicycle with octagonal wheels and um, or you know having no oil for ball bearings. And a lot of that is to do with the fact that I don't, I don't speak Chinese, and um, therefore I'm, I'm always on the back foot in terms of well when I was living in Chengdu. But in business terms, everything is conducted in English. So I always feel I'm on the front foot. True. Uh, interesting. Yeah, and Hong Kong is very, very much more international and, and, and uh, therefore more English for sure. So, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, my, my wife speaks English very well and uh, speaks Mandarin, a tiny bit of Cantonese and Sichuan language. And all English, they speak Mandarin, and they also speak Sichuan language. So when they when they we all go to Chengdu to meet their grandparents, um, all the kids just break into Sichuan language naturally. To them, it's just one language. It's it's what words do I use with what person? Don't, oh. They don't demark that this is one language or another one. Really. That's great. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's that's one big benefit, right? I think of of uh of us being out here with our our kids is you know i think language learning chinese and you, you yeah your your kids know sichuan sichuan dialect or sichuan hua too which is awesome so yeah um, so i mean like your your children do they speak primarily chinese or yeah i mean uh it's a pretty local local uh household here with uh yeah man, mandarin because uh, my wife is from uh Dongbei or uh, Shenyang in the northeast of China. So, so uh, yeah, she doesn't have yes. any, no Cantonese. It's all, all in Mandarin. And uh, her father-in-law is here helping out a lot, which helps a ton. And, and uh, yeah, in Shenzhen, it's, it's mostly Mandarin environment. And, and family, uh, you mentioned family there, like on our side, family is huge. Um, you're just immersed in family. Um, and so when I first went to Chengdu to meet Ting's parents, um, we, we were, I, what I knew is we were going to meet in the restaurant. And when we walked in, I saw an empty table and I thought, oh, we're first. That's just my Western values, right? We were <laughs> the last. That the whole restaurant was full of our family and we were the last people to sit at the empty table. So, um, yeah, family plays a big part in, in Definitely. China, more so than in the West. I, yeah, I mean, I, I usually try to tell people like, even with the naming structure, right? Like family, the last, or we call it last name or the family name comes, comes first. And then your given name or first name in, in the Chinese way, which is another easy way of remembering family first. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I never thought about that. That's a good point. But I also found out that um, in within the family, people have a, have their own sort of position, and I, I found that the, the structure is quite rank oriented. So everybody, although we may be forty odd people going out, everybody sits around the same place, around the same table, so they always do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so I don't have that hierarchy in down in Shenzhen because. Uh, the most of her family's up up in up in hometown, which uh, will be on the October yeah. holiday. I'll be up there for about a, a little bit less than a week. But um, yeah, but yeah, here in the south, uh, the sister's around. She lives nearby. Um, but yeah, we we don't have so much of the family structure on a daily basis. Oh, so what I found in 
this point about family being very important is that everybody you meet is through the family. So um, in, in terms of like balancing that with business, um, everybody you meet in business is through an introduction. And it, it, it's very difficult to you know, do a cold call, so to speak. And it, I've never really been in that position. It's always been introduced to somebody by somebody. And you're really in a kind of circle of trust at that point. I don't know if you found similarities. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, my my family's not so business oriented. So I don't really have many, get many connections on my side in business. But they're trying to help. Like, Oh, I see. I was talking about... Or this just, is with a project that I'm I'm doing in China. They they the people that I'm working with in Hong Kong introduced me to people in China to do the various parts of manufacturing, and they they look after all aspects of it. So I don't have to go and find individual components, suppliers, etc. It's all under one sort of roof by means of introductions or by means of of networks, um, and, and that's. That's what I found the sort of similarity was. So it, 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 it's, it's very comfortable. And yeah. uh, there's a great, great, great feelings of, you know, trust and being looked after. That is true. It's challenging because most of my, my family is still back in the U.S. And uh, they're, they're kind of seeing it secondhand through pictures and, and other, other things. But uh, one thing that they've noticed is, I think in, in, in Asia, the family helps a lot more actively, um, which I think is a good thing. Some people might not like, but, you know, her, her parents and sisters are, are much, I feel like, more active, at least from how, I don't know, dangerous maybe to say. But, you know, then my, my par- parents or my family would be less, they would, of course, visit as grandparents or, or uh, you know, aunts and uncles on, on special occasions or, or maybe weekends, but it seems much more involved. The family's more involved um, here in Asia on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, this is the point that where we we go around in, in packs of thirty or forty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. So wherever you go, you find that the um, the, the restaurants or the, the the kind of parks that you go, they cater for groups uh, in, in a much bigger sense than maybe places in the West. So you, you walk into any restaurant and there may be, they could cater for three, four, five hundred people because mm. they're catering for these large groups at weekends, maybe. And um, it is very interesting. The My wife is an only child and... Um, although her parents, there's, they all have larger families. Each of her cousins are like her brothers and sisters. And I think that comes into play a lot. So aunties are, are more involved. They're siblings' children by default. And they, they immediately assume and share a lot of responsibilities. And in, in, in a great sense in China, where people have to work a lot, then there's a lot of pickup by the rest of the family that are available. But generally speaking, when, um, on a kind of parity level, um, <clears throat> everybody just takes care of everybody else's. Um, and actually, it's, it's quite very relaxing. I like it a lot. Um, but the, the, the issues are that how we as Westerners deal with that, because for us, it's um, we're probably more, you know, 
after our own and we go and visit and we're, you know, polite about making appointments and, you know. Exactly. Invite you for a cup of tea. It's true. I think that's the that's the thing. Is like more preparing in advance and less like casual kind of get-togethers and and things like that. So 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 like yeah, like you said at the beginning, you're a a serial entrepreneur. I I feel like I feel feel that similar category. And uh, you know, as as a as a father, let's call it the yin and the yang. um, You know, to push and to pull. How do you maybe find your Zen or your balance in, in your, you know, in, I know this is really tricky for everybody, but every parent, but do you have a, any tips? Okay, or? So, well, being an entrepreneur, everybody who is one understands that it consumes your life. So um, I have a very simple rule that I only get involved in a project if I really love it because I know I'm going to be spending a five, seven year cycle of my life involved in it. And therefore, I have to really love it because I don't want to dedicate or waste time in my life. And the other thing is that um, I'm in this sort of electronic, consumer electronics startup, and I've come from a software background in the dot-com in London in the 90s where I had a company of 30 programmers. And the last 10 years or 12, even more actually, yeah, we're making sort of hardware. And... uh, so I'm involved in technology, and technology actually means you don't have to actually be anywhere. And I'm doing outsourcing, so I don't have to go and be in a factory because I don't have to own one. And when I was um, – before I left school, I had an issue with my leg, and I was in hospital for the summer. And I figured out then that whatever I did, I should be able to do from my bed. Mm. And, you know, a teenager spending a summer in bed in a hospital, little to think about. But I I figured that much out. And luckily today, uh, with internet technologies and networks, um, I can actually work from anywhere with a cell phone and a laptop and network. And that's around. It was around in the 90s, but it was very, it was more clunky and, you know, more difficult to actually do that. But now, uh, an HP ad of a guy on the beach with a laptop, and um, I always aspired to be that guy. And today, uh, and I don't actually spend time on beaches because I don't like sand very much. But um, <laughs> the idea that you can work from anywhere, and so I spend a lot of time working at home, and therefore my my family are very involved in what I do. And they, my children never really have to ask. Daddy, what do you do? They know what I do because I work at home and they're part of it. They're involved in it um, because it's, it's around them all, all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and in fact, they're, they're even, I, I use them in my marketing promotions. Um, they're great models, you know. Yeah, I mean, this, this getting into our, my next point, which is your business, which current business, Coco Color, and which is cool. You're, you're actually, like you said, involving yeah. your, involving your, your family and children with your business. Um, we, we did a quick video blog about it when we met. Uh, we can link it in the notes and, and of course your website. But maybe just for those listeners that aren't familiar, can you share about this product, Coco Color? Sure. Um, I'll start off by saying I've, I've got, 
three projects and one the one for each child. And my eldest daughter, I have a project a project called Bijimel Gem Pearls, which is taking South Sea pearls and encrusting them with, with uh, gemstones. And the pearl is the mother of the family and the gemstones are the people in the family. So that's a project that she can work with later on and it's sort of set up. And I got another project with Pi Art, which is art all around the mathematical number Pi, 3.14, and I've created software that gives shape and color to the numbers zero to nine. And then the Pi stream um, <clears throat> runs through um, that's those sort of uh, tags and outcomes is art. And my son can run with that. And my youngest daughter, Coco, I've developed this uh, stylus, and it's called Coco Color Stylus. And, and a couple of years ago, I came back from a trade show with three, um, I always come back with three of everything. And uh, this time there was three styli, capacitive styli, that were shaped like pencils, and they were colored blue, purple, and pink. And Coco took her pink one and announced to me, Daddy, it doesn't work. And I was watching her. And, and what she meant to, to actually explain to me was that it didn't color in pink. Okay. And it should. Why shouldn't it? It was pink. And that was the sort of moment of clarity where um, Coco Color was born as a concept. And Coco Color is a, is a stylus that has a series of color buttons and a series of stroke size and style buttons. And you press red and you get an array of red colors and you keep pressing to the one you want. And then, and then you simply color in on that on your touchscreen device. And you can change from marker pen to pencil by pressing the pencil and then you just carry on in coloring pencil. And you can change the stroke size from thin to you know, different levels of thickness. Um, and it's effectively a remote control for touchscreen devices because you're remotely controlling the color with your fingers in your hand, and then you're applying that on the screen. Um, and from a point of view of um, a parent, it's great because the screen time, kids can maintain their um, motor skills and from the point of view of uh, touchscreen devices, it frees up all the real estate for the content that you want to color or you want to doodle on. There's no great big toolbars on the screens, etc. Okay, very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. They, I actually just learned you had three for three for three. But yeah, I've I've, I've heard of Cocoa Color, and these are. That's awesome that you you have it for each each kid. Uh, that's a lot of work for sure. And uh, well, that's what I mean. They're they're kind of involved in it, and they know these things are for them, and so they take an interest in, in what we do. And so, like everything I do, I do it for my family. And this is what happens when you become married and a parent. You, and your whole life is devoted to your family, and um, it's the most amazing thing because it makes decision. Uh, process so much easier and um, it cuts out an awful lot of oh, ifs and buts and whys. You have a very, very singular focus. Um, so I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm similar. I mean, I haven't yet fully adapted to getting them in, into the business so well they're on my video into my videos now, but I'm trying to trying to also think of some kind of child or baby related, you know, way to incorporate 
Well, I mean, so a lot of times with my video blog, people have been enjoying seeing um, the experiences of uh, you know a Western dad in China or Asia. So, kind of something I've been also playing around with. So, so this uh, Coco Colors. It sounds pretty, it is a pretty, I mean, I've, I've used it. I have, yeah, I have a, a product with me right now. It's, it's a great, it's a great, but I mean, I just can't imagine to actually make this happen. It's such a pretty complex product. Like you said, you found uh, some styly, styli in plural form uh, before and they didn't have the pink and yeah, there's a lot of different pieces in this hardware. Um, and then you also have the software with different cross platform apps, um, for coloring and, and, uh, the Voyager. So, um, well, it, yeah, it's, it's like there's I out a hundred us dollars on art supplies and I bought 24 marker pens, 24 colored pencils, 24 uh, pastels and 24 watercolors, paint brushes, uh, a sketch pad and a coloring book. And, you know, but you're costing around 100 US dollars, and all of that is inside Coco Color, and Coco Color retails for it's well, it's early bird shipping right now for um, just under 30 dollars. CocoColor.com, but it has all of those art supplies uh, inside, and this, in fact, if that's not right. I bought 48 of each things. That's right. So we have 48 actual colors, and then the, this. The stroke styles and the stroke sizes gives you 768 different combinations. And it's cross-platform. One of the, the, the first things I thought was that this should be totally intuitive, to just pick it up and play with it. You shouldn't have to know anything about technology. So there's no pairing, no requirement to know anything about technology. There's no – it's cross-platform. So – Actually, it's when I say that it's it's iOS and Android, and yeah. so yeah. most people, ninety percent of the market, can use it on their device. And uh, there are uh, two apps. One is a very deep coloring book, and the other one is this endless doodle pad. And um, they all come together in the in the package. So you scan the code, QR codes for the apps on the package or the website, and as soon as you um, click a button, you're, you're using it already. Yeah, it's definitely. So, yeah, and, and do you know what's quite interesting? The kids just pick it up and they, they just get on with it. And I've noticed that, because I'm saying this is for adults and, as well, because of the very adult coloring trend going on. But a lot of adults will pick this, pick it up, and they'll go, what happens when I press this button? <laughs> or what happens when I press this button? <laughs> And with kids, it's crack on. Yeah, it is a very simple product. And yeah, I like how you say you combine all these all these different uh, art supplies into one stylus, which is which is true. Um, so other, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm just, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to replace traditional art supplies because I'm a great fan of, of uh, like our house is full of pencils and markers and paints, and. Um, I'm, I'm trying to suggest that it just enhances the uh, the screen time, coloring and doodling. That that's all I'm trying to achieve there. But it's fantastic on the go. So if you're going anywhere in a, in a car or playing strange in automobiles or in a hotel or you know on vacation and you're in a like confined space and you don't have many 
own comfort. You understand that when your kids hit sort of school age, they spend a whole lot of time coloring and drawing. And having to drag all that stuff with you in a suitcase and marker tops getting lost and was melting on, you know, car seats or plane seats. Mm. The cocoa cutter is really kind of handy. You just stick it in your pocket and go. Very cool. Very cool. I'm getting to that age with my kids, but still actually today we're going to after this afternoon, after this recording, I'm going to go visit, uh, uh, some schools for my upcoming three-year-old. So that's, uh, that's maybe a whole topic on itself, but, um, you know, yeah, uh, it's, um, I don't know what it's like in Shenzhen for that, but in Hong Kong, um, people start their children in education really, really early. Um, and it's, that's very different from, a lot of European countries don't start till, um, you know, they're sort of five or six. But okay. then again, there's lots of preschool programs, yeah. Yeah, so this is, a, yeah, I think a th- three-year-old starting program or so. Um, it's a, actually what's funny is, I don't know if it's official or not, but they're they're pretty overbooked, I think, as all all these educational systems are, it seems, in Asia or China or Hong yeah. Kong. Um, and one of our Chinese friends said that it's hard for a 100% Chinese family to get in, like f- husband and wife. So she thinks that we're going to be able to get in because I'm a foreign foreign husband because uh, I don't know why oh. she's thinking that but maybe you bring a maybe you bring a sense of uh, style Mike that's what it is <laughs> maybe my <laughs> videos maybe my videos can help convince them or something I don't know which uh, yeah, touching a bit of fame that's it yeah <laughs> which go, go back to videos yeah I mean like you had meant you hinted towards yeah you you definitely incorporate your your uh, family in your in your product video of course, we're on an audio-only podcast now doing this. This Your product is much better to be shown on, on a video. So you're, well, if you put Coco Color Stylus in YouTube, you'll see our channel. And, um, yeah, I, I, we did a, a, a couple of days of shooting. And it's really interesting um, when you work with children in front of a camera and trying to get them to do something that you want to do to make a good shot. And actually, you've just got to let it happen. Um, so, and they've got to, like, if they don't enjoy it, they let you know very, very quickly. So, um, I think, actually, they enjoy the product, but they also enjoy the process of being in the movie or being in the, in the, in the photograph. It was quite fun for them. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally for it too. Getting them in, involved in in the in the in the business and it's good exposure for them. I'm sure to get to get this experience to uh, see themselves online a little bit and uh, less shy. I think at least for me, it's I'm still shy a little bit on a camera, but uh, getting them started younger is also very helpful. Oh, I think it is. And I remember as a kid driving around with my father going to, you know, like I'd often have to sit in the car and but the few times he'd let me come with him into the whatever, the meeting, it was really exciting. Um, you know, so I, I, I remember that. So I know, I know my kids will enjoy it. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's being, it's been able to stay family and stay working is really good. I really enjoy it. Sure. Well, uh, you know, we're as Western as Western husbands. Um, I know a lot of our, our listeners are mostly 
are mostly uh, male. Of course, there's female listeners welcome to listen, but it's still the trend is his males, entrepreneurs in, in Asia that are, are listening. So I'm sure they've had their experiences maybe dating or even married with uh, Asian Asian women or maybe say Chinese you know, is there any kind of tips? Actually, I, I could bring up some stories just yesterday. I, I had a friend from uh, Ukraine came over. We are asked maybe start with my story, but uh, I donated to him like our smaller baby carriage because we don't need it anymore. He, he has a one month old uh, baby with his uh, Chinese wife and there he's already kind of stressed out about the differences in raising children you know, already. So he's asking me for advice. And I, I guess my general advice was, I don't want to say, I mean, it's not as a, as a father, you shouldn't give, give up or give in too much, but I'm a little bit mm, uh, allowing my wife to win more on most times. Of course, there's specific things, but there's a lot of differences. I think about raising children. I'm not sure about your, your experience, but for me at least. uh, So I don't know if you have any kind of I know it's a touchy subject and there's so many different ways to go about it, but do you have any? Okay. Any? So I think it's, it's very, yeah, sure. The, um, we have two, we come from different cultures, right? And in the West, there's, there's this massive consciousness about being equal. And, and in, there isn't this massive consciousness about being equal. There's, there's a massive consciousness of responsibility. And, um, women take certain responsibilities and men take certain responsibilities. And they can be the same There's nothing gender necessarily involved here. It's just that, um, you know, let's say, for instance, starting in a very, in a very uh, sort of young way, if you breastfeed your kids, you can't do that. Only your wife can do that. <laughs> yeah. So certain bond develops. <laughs> if you try, you can't. Um, and then, um, you can only, I think with, with, with fathers, uh, and certainly with me, my relationship with my kids started to kick in more when they could um, wander around the place and, and talk a few words. And prior to that, they were pretty much just locked to sleep or, you know, onto uh, mommy's breast or, you know, it was... And you start to grow that way. And therefore, you know, at home, my wife loves to cook. I don't. Her father loves to cook. You know, it's not a gender thing, but I'm so happy that, that she is taking responsibility for that. And so, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I can concentrate on other stuff. So we try and work to our strengths. And um, it's not always easy. Um, one thing I think is interesting, I don't speak Chinese. So in one respect, communicating with my in-laws can be difficult. But in another level, there's never a, there's never a disagreement because the team translates everything beautifully. Um, <laughs> so, and I, it's the, the, the complexities or issues arise is when people try to export their cultural values onto the other one. So both parties have to realize they've joined somewhere where you have to meet in the middle and expect surprises, expect different differences. So whenever, uh, at the beginning when I first came to China and I still today, I, I asked, what was that? 
if I don't know. I don't ask what is that because uh, I've made a decision. I'm here. I've made a decision. I'm married to a Chinese person and we have kids together. So we have to meet somewhere in this other place. So it's not all me or it's not all her. And we must accept there to be um, differences. And these differences, um, try and learn them. They're fun. And for the most part, um, your kids grow up with this, I think, much more rational view and less sort of black and white view of things and more tolerant about um, people's cultures. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, um, they're having a massive international exposure and getting really good you know, I think they're in a great, uh, both our, our, all our children are really fortunate to have this experience, but of course there's, there's trade-offs too, but, uh, I think net net is a positive. All right. So that is getting towards, uh, I know you're, we're both busy people, Hugh, so I appreciate you sharing, uh, so openly on the show. And of course there's cococolor.com for those interested in checking out your product and, and, uh, any other ways or people can find you on the web. Yeah, I, th- I think cococolor.com is a good place to start. And um, and then there's that thing called Google. <laughs> <laughs> so if you put Coco Color Hugh Bell, you'll get two pages, I think, at this stage. We're just, we're just new, so Great. there's enough there. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank That's you. really good. All right. Thank you, Hugh. That's all, folks. Thank you so much, Hugh, for sharing with us today. And uh, he and I have, you know, we go through a lot with cross-cultural marriage and having children together. And definitely there's a lot of different values and ways of raising children between China and America. Also, sometimes this political stuff in America doesn't help my case too much with all the news happening here. I don't know how you other Americans deal with that living abroad. And... Also, the Canton Fairs and uh, other fairs are still going on, and people have been enjoying my Canton Fair meetup page at globalfromasia.com slash cantonfair if you want to check that out. I'm going to try to keep that up to date each fall and spring phase of the shows, so not just walking the floors, but making friends and doing business with people. So there's quite a few there, and uh, if you have meetups, let me know. I can add them up there and keep this thing up to date and and lots of things so you can make business from people all around the world. That's all I got today, guys. Enjoy your week and talk soon. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.